When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. started looking at the playbook as we kept adding and adding and adding and it even started to kind of get overwhelming for us and so the way that we kind of honed this and have turned it into what I think is something really special and what we think is something that's really beneficial for our players is being able to take all of what we do and simplify on today's episode of the coaching coordinator podcast we're joined by Mike Jancola the defensive coordinator at Bridgewater College to discuss creating a system for multiplicity on defense. Bridgewater is able to do a lot in what they utilize with fronts and coverages, but it is built on a structure of simple language and best teaching practices. The Bridgewater defense shined in the 2022 season as they led all divisions of the NCAA in turnovers as the team paced the nation in turnover margin for a majority of the year. Prior to Bridgewater, Coach Jancola was the defensive coordinator at Westfield High School in Chantilly, Virginia, where he helped the Bulldogs to their second consecutive Virginia High School League 6A state championship. In this episode, he shares how they've evolved their system as well as the tools and methods they use to teach it. There are plenty of takeaways in this one that apply to all phases of the game at every level, especially in the way that coach and his staff teach their system. Be sure to listen to our Winning Edge takeaways after the interview. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like video pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one-week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512-814-6158 or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. Imagine the answers you could come up with if you played four base fronts and 25 to 30 coverages. That seems like a whole heck of a lot of defense, but we're going to talk about how conceptualizing things into buckets allows you to expand off of a few main things with tweaks here and there that are not putting something very complex on your defense. And joining me to discuss that is the defensive coordinator at Bridgewater College, Mike Giancola. Mike, it's great to have you back on the podcast. Keith, it's been a long time. Great to be back. I really appreciate it. Yeah, time flies. We're going through trying to figure out when that last one was, and it was four years ago. We'll make sure that one gets up from our archives. 
But I'm excited to talk about this topic today. And, you know, conceptualizing things using a concept-based teaching does allow you to do a lot of things. On the offensive side of the ball, we did that all the time. We were able to put together a system of formations, a system of run plays, a system of pass plays that was very simple, but then with little tags here and there allowed us to do almost anything. And obviously you have to be able to teach it. You have to be able to coach it. So that's all part of the discussion here too. But let's talk about this idea of how you grew this into, as I said, four base fronts, 25 to 30 coverages. So let's kind of backtrack to right before I was on that last podcast in, in 2019. I had just become the coordinator here at Bridgewater, taking over for Rob Everett. We were going to be pretty good, we thought, and it turned out we were in that season. But we had started to find that as we got through 2019 into the pandemic and then past the pandemic, you know, the needs, number one, of our players were different than what they were in that first season that I was the coordinator. When I say needs, we're talking about what were they good at, what were they comfortable doing? Because every year we try and look at how are we best going to piece our defense together around our players. You know, I'm not the type of coach that says this is the hard and fast system. It's, it's rigid. It's based on what I want to do. Really, I'm looking for ways that I can capitalize on the things that our guys do well. So really, as we started to explore kind of where our tr- defense is transitioning, because in 19, you could really consider us a, a two-front and, you know, maybe upwards of 10 coverage team, you know, 10 coverages between pressure, goal line, you know, kind of your base stuff and all that. But, you know, we started kind of experimenting with different concepts, getting from a 4-2-5 to a, a 3-4 to the 3 safety to the 5-1. You know, and then in 2019, we were pretty much a cover two-based operation, whether it's true two or invert two. And we had the athletes that were comfortable doing those things. And then as we got into the pandemic, obviously everything got, got jacked, or jacked up in a big way for everybody. But for our guys, that limited practice time, in, and you know how, how good you have to be just to sit in a cover two base over and over and over again, especially against modern offenses. Mm-hmm. You know, so we kind of started dabbling in, into a bit more of, you know, quote unquote, you know, cover one or match three, however you want to identify that, that version of drop seven, cover one. But then kind of got back into some of our quarter space that, that had been a, a large part of what I had done earlier in my career, uh, as well as for the first time running some cover three. I'd never been a cover three guy, not that I didn't appreciate it. It just it didn't kind of fit into the defense that, you know, I had learned. I'm a big split field guy in a lot of ways. But, you know, if you're going to run single high one, you got to have a zone component to it, right? So have that complement B3. And started looking at the playbook as we kept adding and adding and adding. And it even started to kind of get overwhelming for us. And so the way that we kind of honed this and have turned it into what I think is something really special and what we think is something that's really beneficial for our players is being able to take all of what we do and simplify it. So if you just look at our coverages, you know, you mentioned, like in the spring, you and I were just talking, we installed, if you count, pressure, two-by coverage, three-by checks, and a couple situational things. We installed 21 coverages and 10 installs. But to our guys – we installed four coverages. To them, all it is now is as we teach, because, and we can talk more about this, but I think keeping language as uniform as possible is really important, especially as you teach a multitude of different concepts, but also being able to tweak things here and there where 
you always revert back to your base. You know, like, hey, this is this coverage, but now this guy's doing this as opposed to this. And really being able to kind of lay that foundation and then expand on top of it. And what we found is once you can get that base concept taught and get them good at doing it, the small tweaks become mindless for them. And now all of a sudden, it's like you've opened up Pandora's box as far as what you can do on defense. But with the caveat being the question that always needs to be answered is, really, it's two of them. Is this too much and can our players handle it? So, you know, we're never going to breach those bounds because at that point, then you really lose meaning, even though it's really cool you can do all this stuff. You still have to be productive about it. Yeah, it all comes down to production and execution. You can know all those things, just like a coach can draw anything on a board, right? There's a lot of guys who know all those schemes. But then, you know, as a coach, you still have to be able to go out there, coach it on the field, teach it in the classroom, fix it when it breaks because you know all those adjustments, right? There's there's a lot there. Same thing for the players. Players have to go through that same kind of methodology in their techniques and, you know, how they go about correcting errors, et cetera. So let's talk a little bit about the structure of this first and what were, I guess, the changes. Terminology to me is something that, that's that's always powerful when you use it the right way. And you can have a system that is all rote memorization and you know what I've found, just I guess my own case study on myself is that type of stuff. Though it seems like guys could handle it's very limited in, in how much you end up using, because I think it also affects how you think about it as the play caller too, right? The the more memorization there, it's difficult on everybody. So how did you conceptualize it, and I guess move into this you know, structure of terminology that allows it? Well, so let me let me start with this. We do, it sounds like, you know, we, we run, we obviously run a lot of stuff, but I don't want to make it sound like we are aimlessly running all, all of these things, right? So everything in terms of what we do will always be explained in terms of our base defense, which for us is four two five, like the G defense structure, a ton of it being obviously split field, field and boundary oriented in a lot of ways, but that's where everything starts. So any time that we are talking about whether it's a quarters concept or it's uh, we're jumping into, say, down, say, a three down front, you know, we always relate it back to how has it changed from the base four to five. So what I have found is as long as you can always connect something and really anchor something to the original teaching in terms of what, whatever it is. I mean, it could be defense or offense, special teams, or like when you're in a classroom as a teacher, it could be like a basic math concept, like the Pythagorean theorem, you know, some type of historical event. I was a history teacher when I was teaching in high school. So I would always try and link things back to major, major events in history and explain the ramifications off of that. And just because I'm not teaching history anymore doesn't mean I'm not a teacher, right? So those concepts translate. So that's where it all starts. So our run fit language will always remain the same as far as what is the front, what is the coverage, right? But like, how are you fitting this gap? Are you an edge? Are you a force? Are you a crash? Are you a crash player? Uh, are you a spill? Are you a box? You know, all those things. And then being able to relate it back to what we're installing that day and keeping all that similar is something we are very intentional with. Right. And so when you talk about, let's go back to the coverage side of things, you know, when we talk about our cover three structure, right, it doesn't matter what variety of cover three we're running. Okay? It's the language between all of those coverages are the same, whether it's, you know, four under three deep, three under three deep, two under three deep, 
right? And then being able to say, you know, hey, you are now wall this, you are now steal this, and and being able to to again relate it always back to that foundation is, is really kind of something that <laughs> again silver lines of the pandemic, right? We had a lot of time on our hands. We essentially, re- that was the initial revamping of kind of the unification and, and really the aligning of our languages between run fits, pass fits, fronts, coverages, all that stuff. So, you know, it starts, like I said, with that 425 scheme. And then when you talk about the actual coverage concepts, right, we'll install you know, what, what our bases are first. Right. So, you know, whatever the version of cover one we're running is cover two, then cover three, then cover four. And really the thing that we like to do with those guys first is not even install like our coverage of it. You know, like what we call it, what our language is, but install it like you would be explaining something or the concept, sorry, to somebody that knows nothing about football. Right. So being able to say, here's the broad scope of it. Here's how it's talked about in the general football world, and then here's how we apply it. We always go through strengths of the coverage. We always go through weaknesses of the coverage. We always go through vulnerabilities, big thing, with both front and coverage. What plays are going to best attack this, and how are we going to need to respond to it? You know, at the end of the day, offenses are good. Offensive coordinators are smart. They know what we do, and if they can predict what it's going to be, they can attack us pretty well. But that doesn't mean we don't need to have a plan for that, right? You can't make the perfect call all the time. So being able to explain the base structure of it and give them, like I was saying, that really anchored image of what this is, and now all of a sudden – Almost like you, I'm going to use a really old technological reference, almost like the old uh, overhead projectors, right? Where you can just like draw, erase real quick over over top a template, draw again, something different, but similar. It's that same concept, right? So being able to give them that ownership over what the actual concept is, but then be able to say, hey, we're going to change it like this. This is the language we use versus what you may hear generally spoken about. You know, like we talked about cover three, we don't say hook curl. Like, you know, we use different language, and it's just our choice. Again, you can call it whatever you want. As long as you can explain it to the players and the players can understand it, that's all that really matters, right? But being able to do that for those guys in base is where we start. And then once the train gets rolling, I mean, it's left the station, and our guys do a really, really good job of taking what we give them and really making it their own in a lot of ways. Yeah, I agree with you 100%, the anchor point. I love that you called it that. I've I've always looked at, you know, from the offensive side of things, what's our starting point play? Like really trying to pinpoint, like here's what we're going to build everything off of, uh, really – helped us frame things out as we thought about it as coaches and and looked at the way we study the game, how we were going to work our techniques, why things fit together for us. It's that clarity of what the purpose is of all the things that you bring into your playbook. And I also think and took that approach too of, okay, what's the general football world call this? I mean, everything has, there's no universal language, but there's some, I think, understood ideas and concepts that you know you you start with that and go from there because you look at how it's progressed in the in the one word call world and all that like 
you still need something to anchor your teaching. So I think all those things work really well. So looking at all this, it starts with, well, why do we need it? And you and I talked a little bit before this. You are in a conference where there's a lot of variety. And I know I could go watch a high school conference. And I've had this happen with my son's team playing where maybe there was one team that had a different playbook in general than the other. So there's that a little bit of parody in conferences. But then I think high school teams, you bring it up in small college that you might have to face a variety of things week to week. So it necessitates having some different answers. Talk to us about how what you've come up with really serves to help you in that regard. Yeah, we had touched on earlier kind of where we had started in terms of like our structure and coverage and front and all that stuff in 2019. Uh, You know, I had brought up a little bit ago, it was mainly cover two based. You know how good you have to be to sit in that over and over again. Well, as it turns out, you know, when you go 10 and 0, you win a conference championship, teams end up really gunning for you and they figured us out. You know, so part of our transition into what we are now is it was because teams were starting to attack us and we were unable to defend it in some ways. So, you know, part of that being there, but then, you know, you brought it up. Modern offenses are, are a pain. (laughs) I'll say it straight up. You know, they're extremely multiple. There are a lot of different components built into them. You know, it's no longer just, you know, you're simply this or you're simply this, right? And if you look at our league in the ODAC, we literally almost have to play a different type of offense every single week. You know, we play wing T gun option. We play air raid. We play pro style. We play RPO, like heavy RPO teams, heavier personnel teams that are in there. And so, you know, really when you look at, you know, us and how we've had to evolve, it's not just teams figured us out, but we now not only have to deal with multiple types of offenses, but any good defense is going to be able to defend those and generally defend them in multiple ways. Right. And so, you know, I think if you look at our film, it's not like it's it's not saying this in terms of we've installed a whole new defense, but week to week, what we do, it will look drastically different at times because of how multiple we can be. But then also the the pressure that gets put on us by offensive coordinators in our league to make sure we can properly defend them. As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops, Vertical Raise has top-of-the-line solutions for every fundraising style. To find out more, visit verticalraise.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective, so I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. 
Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas state champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Grey Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www.teammofo.com slash demo and mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code CC10 to receive 10% off your first year. That makes a lot of sense. Now what I want to get to here, a lot of schematic concepts, uh, the ability to do a lot of things, now it gets down to efficiency with techniques because you you can't have schematically you can't have all those things and you know if you find the same as then it's a win because it stays simple for your players so for you how do you create that efficiency with technique within the system so just like anything else I'm doing as a coach my my educator background kicks in heavily and influences me in a big way in how I you know decide and how we decide what we're going to do, uh, whether it's season to season, week to week, you know, whatever it is. But, you know, I'm a big backward planning believer. So, you know, you start with what's the end goal, right? Win. <laughs> and then work backwards to the very small scale things, right? So we've talked at length about how our scheme is very conceptual and it translates between different coverages and fronts and things like that. But part of what we did in terms of our, our revamp when we, when we really started this around the pandemic was trying to make, like I said earlier, language as uniform as possible. And that includes what we're doing and how we're teaching the actual techniques. So in terms of how we teach on the field, all of our language in terms of uh, what we do in a certain call is tied directly to the technique of it, right? So like we don't say, again, I mentioned it earlier, hook curl. A wall for us takes care of that and walling in our defense, you literally have to do in all of our coverage concepts. So being able to explain to a guy, hey, we're just playing wall technique, but here's how it's different cover three than cover two than cover four. Right. And, and being able to say, do less, but also do more. Right. That's your more. It should be say less and do more. Because as long as you can, again, keep those concepts for those guys the same, the, the more that they can do with it. You know, I think we're, and this could be anybody in anything, it could be somebody in business, it could be somebody in, you know, whatever organization, not just football. But when you start to introduce a lot of different things to people and then complicate the language as well, there's just going to be a loss in translation and the learning of it because it's too much to remember. And yes, you have to memorize some things, right? But rote memorization does not lead to learning, right? You know, in order to understand something, you need to be able to teach it. And as a teacher, I have found even for myself, being simpler in the way that I approach things is more beneficial for my students or players or whoever it is. You know, so that was a huge piece of, uh, again, kind of that revamp to becoming more conceptual. It wasn't just the scheme stuff, but it came down to even the steps we're taking. I couldn't agree with you more that, again, it goes back to the, the power of language, right? Having that language that really paints the picture for those guys is concise and creates the efficiency they need in learning. And in terms of learning, what what's really been neat to me to see over time here is 
Bridgewater College almost becoming this test lab for technology. You guys have been out on the forefront of it. And a lot of it, I'll say, is because there's these guys who have been classroom teachers coming into college football and bringing some of the best teaching methodology to football. And you guys have done an excellent job with that. It's the engine that drives the car, as you said to me earlier. And, you know, the technology and all the different things that you use really speed this process along. So talk to us about how that's such a big part of what you guys do. So the way we view it is in the modern era, if, and there are a lot of right ways to do things, you know what I'm saying? But incorporating technologies is so important for a few different reasons. Number one, the people that are players now, right? You know, the, the 18 to 22 year olds are in high school, the 14 to 18 year olds, whatever. They have not ever known a world where there wasn't, with smartphones, you know, the internet's been around forever for them. You know, most of them get handheld video game systems. I mean, <laughs> my son's three years old and he's got his own little tablet, <laughs> you know? And so this is something that they are comfortable with, right? And in any educational environment, not that you obviously need to put pressure on players to, to, to perform and all those different types of things. But from the learning standpoint, there does need to be a level of comfortability with what they are doing and how they are doing it. You know, and, and really being able to lay, lay the groundwork for a productive learning environment involves that comfortability. You know, and that's not to say, you know, we're, we're lax about things or, you know, we take it easy on, on guys, especially if they're not getting the concepts and things like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, you have to be able to say you need to adjust to your clientele or your players, not the other way around. So, you know, really – Everything that we do involves some sort of technology, right? And, you know, the, I, I could name dozens of different things that we do, but I'll just touch on a, on, a, on a few of them that are really, really important. Like you said, the engine of the car. So first and foremost, Go Army Edge is, in my opinion, the greatest thing that has ever happened to football. You know, for those that aren't familiar, Go Army Edge was created by the United States Army. In the elevator pitch of it is it essentially takes whatever you can do on a whiteboard animates it, digitizes it, and allows you to take the practice field wherever you want because of the 3D components and the simulation components of it. You know, so whether it's drills that we create for our guys to just do something as simple as formation recognition or literally get the defensive backs in front of a screen lined up against two receivers that are actually moving on the screen, to, you know, fit out a, a coverage concept against a certain route combination. Uh, have your linebackers read pulling guards. You know, our offense uses it to, to go through the walkthrough script, right? So, you know, those guys, you know, Coach Lem and, and the rest of the offensive staff present that to the offensive players so that before they even step foot on the field for walkthrough, yeah, fine, you can look at a script, but now you can actually see the script and see it move and, and to a relative extent get the timing corrected of things. That application it is just huge for us, you know. And then on top of that, we are big into using Google Forms. Again, this teacher in me, where I'm not necessarily trying to give people you know, crushingly hard exams, but there does need to be a check for understanding. Like, are they getting this? You know, and we are big proponents of the flipped classroom model. So there is never a time that our players will walk into a meeting not knowing exactly what they are about to talk about or what we are about to talk about, and they will have gotten resources ahead of time. They know exactly what the install is. There's a Go Army Edge 
component that gets thrown into it uh, in terms of what the install is. We use PQD. Obviously, that thing has taken the football world by fire, and they are doing such a good job in terms of creating efficiency for coaches. There's a, a PQD playbook slide, you know, all these things. A huddle, obviously, is a huge deal. But for our players, they know exactly what they're walking into, and then so do we. You know, those Google Forms that we use are given before meetings. So it's like you know, we send the install out the night before. A Google Form is attached with it. The expectation is by about noon the next day, the players have looked through the information uh, and then answered the questions on the Google Form. And then it's the job of us as coaches. So that's uh, Coach Perky, Coach Williamson, and uh, Coach Green are my, my, uh, my assistants on the defensive side of the ball. We review those Google Form responses. So, you know, if, if Keith Grabowski is the only one that got an answer wrong in terms of what the install was, you know, we're shooting Keith the text real quick and saying, hey, can you go back and look at that install real fast? You missed this. But the more important thing is, is if there's a question that a lot of people are getting wrong or there are a multitude of different answers, because that means that's something we got to cover at length in the meeting, right? Because at the end of the day, what you're trying to get from is concepts to execution. Right. And if there is a gap in the learning, it is our job as coaches to bridge that gap. And but we got to understand, do they know this or not? You know, because inevitably and anybody that's been in a classroom, even as a student knows when you ask or a teacher asks, hey, guys, do you get this? What does everybody do? They <laughs> yeah. all nod their head and they say yeah. yes, because they don't want to be the one that raises their hand and says, uh, excuse me, I have no idea what the hell is going on. That's got to be part of the discovery process as a coach in terms of. What are they getting? And then ultimately, when you get onto the field, what are they retaining, right? Because that's what you really want to accomplish. Like we talked about earlier, rote memorization is good in the moment. But when you talk about true learning, right, that's the thing that you're chasing is that yeah. retention of the information. And then ultimately, the application of it, right? So, you know, th those are just kind of some of those technologies that we use at length. You know, it's been, like I said, a lot of right ways to do things, but it has been extremely, they have all been extremely beneficial for us. To close this up, it's you talked about the way you put together the schematics and that there's the framework of those. The way you put together the techniques conceptually, there's a framework of those. And really, as the teacher then, it's understanding, here's the technology we use. And so for us, here's how it's going to work. Here's the framework for how we're going to use this. And I think some great applications. Uh, I love that idea you brought up. We've had a lot of guys come on and talk about the way that they're using Go Army Edge, fitting the coverage concepts, right? And, and seeing the routes right in front of you, just an efficient way to do it before you hit the field. Yeah, you're going to have the bodies going against you, but in, in our limited time and our limited reps, being able to steal reps because it's just a click of a button to reset and there's not a whole lot physically going on, but the mental work is getting done. You find the efficiencies there. And as you pointed out, the most important thing, I think one of the greatest things to come out of the technology we're able to use today is knowing whether they got it or not. And I think that's something that every coach should look to leverage. I think if you're not doing that, you're really missing out on it. And yeah, you could sit there and gauge where, you know, are those nods real or not? You know, how is it translating yeah. when I hit the field? But I feel like, you know, you're playing from behind if you're waiting to get out on the field to see did they get it or not. And let me just add one more thing to that, too, in terms of just general process, something that I think is really important. And this is what I would encourage any coach to do, that no matter what your process looks like, be transparent with the players about what the expectations are and what the process looks like. 
So, you know, again, we do a lot, right? We use a lot of technology. Some of it is a little more familiar to the players than others. Again, just like it would be in terms of the scheme, right? But when we start, like I was talking about earlier with installing coverages and like the general terminology and how everybody talks about it, we do that same thing with our process. Like there are tutorials we will take in camp to say like, this is how this is going to be used. This is what it looks like from getting from point A to point B, right? From uh, the, uh, the concept to the execution of it and all the things in between. Because really at the end of the day, what inhibits learning the most is fear of the unknown, just like anything else. Like you think about test anxiety or it could be, you know, the <laughs> like in football, not knowing necessarily what is coming next, right? And it's slowing your mind down and your feet down and all that stuff. If you can open all the windows and the doors and shine light in all the dark corners for the players, that again, we talked about comfortability. That is going to make them comfortable. That is going to provide for a much more sustainable learning environment. But that's on us as coaches. You, you can't just say, hey, you know, we expect you to learn this by this point and not give them the exact picture of what it is going to look like of how to get there, right? So yeah, that, that, that's just something that I found that, again, has been very beneficial for us is our transparency in our processes. And then again, like I told you, the ownership that the players take over it, which again, I think really, really increases their success level. Well, coaches, you can find him on Twitter at Coach Jancola. That's G-I-A-N-C-O-L-A. I'll put that in the show notes as well. I know Coach has a clinic talk, a course that was put together uh, during the pandemic that we did on CoachTube. I'll put that resource in there for you as well. And Coach, I really appreciate all that you're doing. We'll have to make sure it's not four years before we've, we talk in between when we see each other at convention or whatever it might be. But uh, let's make sure we don't wait four years to get you back here on the podcast. No, for sure. This was awesome, Keith. I really enjoyed being back on. Thank you so much. Appreciate all, all that you're doing. Here are our winning edge takeaways and ideas for implementation. One, the foundation of all you are able to do is the language and terminology that you use. Before you hit camp and begin your install this season, make sure you have tightened up your terminology so that it is simple to learn, but also allows for the flexibility you need to create the answers to the problems that will come up over the course of the season. Two, I love the flip classroom model, and if you're not using it, I recommend that it is something you take a look at and study. As we talked about in the interview, you want to be efficient with your time and especially want to use tools to allow for check for understanding so that your classroom time then becomes solidifying their learning and being sure that they hit the field with the knowledge they need to execute at a high level. Three, be transparent with your processes. How you do things is very important to creating success on the field as much as the scheme that you use. Be sure that your players understand why you do things and get their buy-in so that your processes for teaching and coaching are also performing at a high level. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Please share it with other coaches. Go to coachingcoordinator.com for enhanced show notes with links to related episodes, resources, articles, and with our winning edge takeaways detailed in text. Sign up for our free weekly tip sheet, which highlights the best ideas from the previous week, training episodes, and featured resources. Follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.